What's up, guys? Welcome back to Stargirl. It's Emma. Today is Thursday, January 12th, 2023. Well, yeah, Happy New Year. Um, I guess we're like already nearly halfway through the month, but um, I really take advantage of the new year to uh, come back down to earth, figure out um, the distance between where I'm at and what I want, and um, try to take little steps and big steps every single day to move myself forward. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to just, like I said, take the opportunity to, um, reset some habits that weren't even (laughs) serving me (laughs) anyways. So today we're going to be talking about Azalea Banks, um, the American rapper (laughs) ever since the Sally Rooney episode, I'm loving the nationality plus, occupation (laughs) tag or or I love that as an exercise that um then quickly reveals like oh are they one thing or are they a lot of things um Azalea Baker as well she does have a did I just call her Azalea Baker (laughs) Azalea Banks while she while she does have like a convenient nationality plus occupation we could like american rappers like very obvious um there there's more to it as well which we will get into but um yeah thank you michaela for that uh format (laughs) i guess um i don't really have any star girl news i feel like nothing has been happening that's been interesting to me slash i haven't really been paying attention because uh part of my new year's vibe is less looking around (laughs) so yeah i'm prepared that i'm gonna miss a lot this next year well i'm recording in the morning which i rarely do mostly because i spend all day that i set aside to record just like procrastinating and like um just doing like random tasks like going to walgreens like stretching or something um and then it's like suddenly 11 p.m and i'm like god damn um but today is work day so i had to uh get it done um what was I just going to say? No Star Girl news. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> this is pretty idiotic, but I did want to share it nonetheless. Um, Kind of like express it on air in order to release it. <laughs> okay, so consider this a formal bid for a connection. Um, but okay, so I think I've talked to you guys about like some of the random paradigms that I have where it's just basically this like... Uh, I can't even get too much into it, but basically a couple years ago, I think it was in COVID, I like kind of refashioned my brain as a like BuzzFeed quiz maker. And I was like coming up with all of these different um, little paradigms that you could use to like sort people's vibes or looks or whatever. Right. And so um, I think we we understand why this sort of, yeah, assortment, particularly when it's like uh, self-diagnosed is really fun right like um this is why it's like oh like I'm a Carrie I'm a Miranda like that that's just like inherently fun um so I came up with a bunch of really random ones so um I mean I obviously already shared ripe dead with you guys um I can't even remember what I've all gone through but I have like sun vibe moon vibe star vibe or like dog face cat face mouse face like all these other random little things that we can get into at a later date but I just came up with a um two-dimensional one that I want to share. So um, this is a two by three. So there's there's three different either-ors, and you choose one from each, if that makes sense. Okay, whatever, just go through it. Okay, so the first category is sparkly or fluffy. The second category is grounded or cloud. And the third category is mom or angel. So let's sort some girls, and then you can see how that all shakes out. Okay, so... 
Uh, Emily Ratajkowski is a sparkly cloud angel. Okay. Um, Allison Roman is a fluffy cloud mom. Um, Addison is a fluffy grounded angel. Sydney's also a fluffy grounded angel. Um, Grimes is a sparkly cloud angel. Same as Emirata. Julia Fox is a sparkly cloud mom. Tinks is also a sparkly cloud mom. Lena Dunham is a fluffy cloud angel. Sally Rooney is a sparkly grounded. Whoa. I think angel. Uh, you know, she's a little bit obscured to me. Uh, what do you guys think? Mom or angel? Definitely sparkly grounded. I'll, I'll leave that to you. Um, okay. I may have missed some people. Oh, oh, Gia Tolentino is a fluffy cloud angel. Yes. Okay. Okay. So are you guys seeing how this all shakes out? Basically the, the like crude way that I think about it is sparkly has something to do with a bit more polish. So it's not necessarily like glittery and kind of like, uh, girly in that sort of way. Like Sally Rooney still is sparkly to me because she's very clean and pressed, right? Whereas fluffy is a little bit more just undone, um, in some way, rather by design or just like in effect. Um, so I think like, uh, like I said, Addison and Sydney are both fluffy to me. Like they obviously both look great and can totally get all put together when they're in glam, but their like real charm resides in their more like soft and warm and cute and like, uh, just kind of more like low maintenance vibes. Um, so that's how I think about that one. Grounded and cloud, I think is pretty self-explanatory. So grounded can be both like uh, literally grounded, but also just um, someone who is more, uh, who's more just like rooted in the material world, right? So people who can like really execute on a task or just like think about things in the material world, whereas cloud is like the... Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, cloud is cloud. <laughs> cloud is just like the dreamier, more like, uh, just like in, in your mind, though it can also refer to, um, like, a, a lack of kind of groundedness in the traditional sense of that word. Um, so like I said that Alison Roman, I think of her as a fluffy cloud mom. I put her in cloud because I still do think that there's an element of her or how can I say this? While I think today, January 2023, she's more grounded than she's ever been, I still think she's operating in cloud because she has an element of, um, I guess, like, just caring what people think about her, even as she kind of talks, uh, you know, she she talks a big game um, about kind of like, you know, she kind of has, as Callie and I discussed, like that kind of uh, bossy, you can't touch me attitude. But I think it's pretty clear that she's like, soft and like cares and it's like really sensitive so I put that more into the cloud Gia is obviously cloud because she gets really thrown around by what people think of her and this is not a bad thing I fully identify as cloud too so it's like all of these are good I think is the what to keep in mind it's like it's all amazing and just sort what type of amazing you are um okay and then mom or angel this one's pretty easy too I think of like mom is a natural tendency toward to taking care of others and angel is a natural tendency of being taken care of um so or it's like they're at their best when they're taking care of someone versus they're at their best when they're being taken care of um so yeah curious to hear 
what you guys think. Um, oh, uh, we're talking about Azalea Banks today. I think she's also a sparkly cloud angel, which is same as um, Emily Ratajkowski and Grimes, which makes sense. Okay. Moving right along, today we are talking about Azalea Banks. Um, Azalea Banks is a rapper and, um, well, let's see how she's like credited formally. Let's type her name into the search engine. Okay. Rapper, singer, songwriter. Okay. <laughs> um, cool. So that's what she's up to. Um, okay. You guys don't need this information. I'm more saying this is a reminder myself. I'm really trying to challenge myself to break out of the a format of like extensive biography that I've been doing because uh first of all it's like really long and tedious and boring and probably people like yeah already know or don't care um and also it just like makes me paranoid because like I lose the ability to just kind of like shoot from the hip and vibe check which is the point of this whole podcast um and instead get really hung up on like oh my god like all the gaps in my knowledge and then try to over explain shit that I don't even like wasn't even there for or like didn't even like touch organically as it moved through culture so um yeah anyways let's just like you know self as a vessel let it move on through. Um, okay, anyways. But um, yeah, so Azalea Banks is 31 now. She grew up in Harlem. And like what we know about her family life is that, you know, she was born really poor. I think she had like a lot of brothers and sisters. Her dad died really young or like when she was really young. Um, and she's talked a lot about how her mother was really abusive and it was just like a really chaotic um, living situation. So I know that she moved out of her family home um, and moved in with like her older sister, I believe, when she was like, I don't know, 14 or 16, like some somewhere very young. The point there is just like she she talks about like her roots being extremely unstable and chaotic and, um, you know, like she kind of has this fighting mentality, like she's like really true grit. She She's like extremely feisty and um I mean feisty like undersells <laughs> all the all the fight in her uh, but she's like extremely scrappy right so I think like of the people that we've talked about thus far like uh she's the most similar like understanding of her childhood to Julia Fox obviously like vastly different in so many ways um, but the point is that they're both invested in the narrative of the like instability of their youth anyways um cool so azalea banks was like born to be a star i really believe this like she just has such a fire and like a magnetic energy even if you don't agree with her like her work like her vibe like her look like she just has like um i mean i don't want to compare her and julia fox too much because they're like so different but just in the bounded world of the like 12 girls or whatever we've talked about, there's this same like chaos agentness that it's just like she walks in a room and all eyes are on her, you know, it's like uh, she just has, I feel like I've used this phrase so much, but like a command of space. And she's just like, I have got something to say. Not everyone, not even everyone who is a natural performer has that, uh, yeah, just has that ability to like snap people into focus and be like, you know, you notice when I walk in. Um, so yeah, it's a certain type of power. Uh, anyways, this is all to say that uh, because of that kind of innate star quality that she has, it did not surprise me when I found out that she had actually been like discovered by an agent when she was 16. She was in some like 
you know, just like low budget, like movie or something or like a music video or something random. Anyway, so an agent found her and like, you know, was trying to get her like into Nickelodeon or Law and Order or like all of these like random things um, that that project was unsuccessful. But um, like, I think like I always had a dream to be discovered when I was a child. Like it was really alluring to me. And I feel like those were kind of the the myths from um from Hollywood and like pop stars were like, oh, you know, they were just like singing at their cousin's wedding or something. And like the talent scout had to happen to like be a friend of the groom or something. Um, And then they like, you know, made it big or whatever. Like this, I think this is a very common fantasy that people have. um, And like the, the most alluring route to fame because it's kind of this idea that like I don't even have to lift a finger like I'm just going through the world being myself and someone sees me on the street and is like oh you need to be on stage you know and it doesn't really like happen maybe it never happened I don't know and these are just wives tales that get passed down to like keep the dream of live which is important um but like the kind of making of a star the making of an icon like uh not only is it different just because you know time and technology march on but also like there's too much transparency in the process right like we kind of we know the steps to take to get uh like impressions on our content slash face right so it's like uh I think it yeah there's there's not enough like mysticism in the process of um yeah making of an icon um the whole thing just feels a little bit like sad you know um it's like yeah anyways maybe but I think that that's kind of you know I had a professor that said like all writers and critical thinkers since the beginning of time have thought that their particular moment is like the most depressing, the least sexy, the like, uh, you know, there's always a longing for something that you didn't get a chance to experience. So maybe I'm just falling victim to that, but that's okay too. Um, anyways, back to Azalea Banks. Um, oh, just that she had gotten discovered and that's like a, that's like a glittery image um, in my brain. Anyways, I guess like she started making music after like acting, wasn't really working out and um I also did not know that she had originally like sent her tracks to Diplo which is hilarious to me um anyways and she got she you know got some traction with that she signed to a label um and this kind of begins the whole professional chaos of her you know you try to like read into this and it's like this whole mess of like facts of like well then he said this and then she said this and then she didn't agree to this and then he wanted to do this and blah 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 blah, blah. you know it's just like drama 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 from the beginning and so she was like dropped from that label within a year and she was like completely managerless and I guess she just like moved to Montreal which is random then she was like posting shit on YouTube and then her visa ran out or whatever so she moved back to New York and she was just like I don't know like stripping in New York or something um whatever you know she was putting out music but it's like again like I said like uh drama 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 all around um like she can never move from point a to point b in the kind of professional realm even if she can like creatively and with her own ideas um she can never move seamlessly from one step to the next it's just like she's just pissing people off or people are pissing her off she's getting dropped she's getting like contracts revoked like ever like things get pushed back blah, blah 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 it's just like there's a lot of like uh, I mean, honestly, my brain couldn't even track when I'm just like going over the synopsis. I'm like, okay, then who said what? Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not like an easeful experience to consume this mini history. Uh, so like, obviously, it was that much 
more insane for whoever was involved. If we know her today to be, like I've said, a, an agent of chaos, um, you know, as as she's gotten more eyes on her, like she's kind of like a, an agent of chaos about like, whatever, like social politics. And she says all this off color stuff. And, you know, she's just kind of like, I mean, she's just like a maniac online kind of. But her that also translates to like her like professionalism and basically the way she's operating day to day right so it's like it does feel very like earned in a way I guess because it really to me seems like this person who's just kind of you know swirling like there's like so much internal noise all the time I don't mean noise necessarily as like distraction like I think it's very uh I mean first of all it's very entertaining and it's also very like yeah, it's just alluring. It's like you it's easy to get wrapped up in just like, you know, what this web that she's spinning, right? Um what was I trying to say? I'm like not finishing any sentence. I guess like if there's an instinct to think that she is just being needlessly provocative all the time when she's like mouthing off on her Instagram stories or whatever, I do think it's just like true to her. I don't think she's putting on a show of it. Like maybe at the fringes, but it really does seem like just the way that she moves through the world is very innately chaotic and really truly chaotic. Like that word has been appropriated by so many chicks who honestly like can't throw down. It's like, I'm being so chaotic. I'm like going on like three hinge dates in a week. I'm just like, I'm literally bored by that information. Like, please do not share. Um, I mean, back to the fluffy sparkly, like that's, I think her and Grimes, I put them both as sparkly cloud angels, right? Like sparkly because they're... Oh, wait, well, wait. This is something that I didn't say when I was explaining that. The kind of other side of sparkly is like kind of glitz and artifice. And so I at first said like fluffy is... Or sparkly is more put together and fluffy is more undone. Obviously, Azalea Banks is like very like undone and kind of like it's a kind of a hot mess all the time but because there's so much effort into like the artifice and the like physical self-presentation right it's always like huge weave and nails and like whatever like there's a lot of I don't know she just is sparkly to me like she's never going to be wearing just like a fleece right like she's always doing something um and so that's more into the like high maintenance-ness of it I guess um and Grimes I also think of as sparkly because she has that like level of artifice but again to both of them it seems like inherent artifice right like it's like I talked about this in the Grimes episode but it's like you know she seems kind of cyborgian whereas like if you compare her that to like Addison or Allison Roman or Gia it's like oh that's like a normal chick you would like see in a grocery store like you know um good god I'm like so all over the place but um Okay, back to the other Azalea Banks. Oh my god, I feel like I was giving the timeline. Um, whatever. Okay, so whatever. She at, at a certain point, <laughs> her music got some traction, right? Two One Two was like this huge breakout hit. I think it was like that was a big anthem. Like, what year did that even come out? Like 2012, 2013. Yeah, 2012. I mean, I think it's maybe at this point been played out, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't still hit it does like like everything about it is like so fun and high energy and like uh intense it's so danceable on so many different levels like I feel like I don't know it just feels like it was like extremely accessible like it was actually a song that uh was 
like so many people could get into um it's so just like fun and lively but then there's all these other layers that other people would like find something to really like respect about it or think was really abrasive and crazy or think was really like sexy or whatever like there's just all these different levels um that you can approach it at oh it's just like I still hear that playing out of car windows in the summer you know and it's so it's, it's like I don't know there's this it's it's sweet and for someone like that was kind of at the the target age of mainstream pop culture when it came out I don't know I think there's just like good nostalgia because I remember being extremely uh pumped up when that song came out so anyways um I think uh despite the fact that she has continued making music for the past decade and that has been you know largely like successful a lot of people like it um it's like yeah it's played it continues to be like catchy um I think that 212 is definitely like obviously what she is most known for and also probably her best um yeah though I mean you can uh, so hard to adjudicate all of these things or so many different factors but um anyways that is that is the baseline information about her okay well I kind of just similar actually to the way that I talked about Grimes and I don't know if this is kind of a form follows function but um my notes are kind of just like all of these different themes that feel related to her that I want to like talk about through her as a lens um so thank you Azalea for for being such a great vessel for so many awesome elements of vibes um okay but before we get into that I guess let's just talk about like her look and feel right so um Azalea Banks is like Honestly, I think to encapsulate it all, the best word is like witchy. I mean, she literally was like, you know, came out at some point and was like, I've been practicing witchcraft in my closet and like, look at all these like bones and like, what, like, I feel like she like killed her cat or something. Or maybe that was just a rumor, but whatever. Um, so she is like a self-proclaimed witch also. This is not my like uh, insightful analysis. Um, but she is like a very interesting type of witchiness to me. Like this is not the like 2018 Bushwick witch, which like, we are just fully leaving like wait just one point about that um the the like bushwick witch energy was happening at the same time as audrey gelman in the wing and so do you remember like suddenly everyone was obsessed with coven like it was kind of this weird intersection of like all the the like girl boss sisterhood vibes and then also the like whatever there's like little like sex s-e-c-t-s um sex of why can i not say that word jesus of um like city dwelling counterculture quote-unquote witch energy which was like uh i don't know this was definitely not all of it but one manifestation was just like a bunch of like white girls who like refused to like bathe and then like their hair was just like giving strangly witch and then they were like you know into like Jessica Dore if you guys know who that is and Jessica Dore can be great but like I don't know I feel like that was like a vibe that I was like uh this is not peeling <laughs> like maybe that was the point I mean I was, it was probably not the target I was not like being invited to join any coven so I was just like going to the gym or something but um 
Anyways, okay, so that, that's separate. And uh, my point there is that like Azalea, totally different type of like witch energy that she's bringing. Um, she's interesting because like uh, I kind of I already mentioned this, but like at one level she is like super artificial, right? Like hair, glam, like she's got to have fake tits. I don't know. She has huge boobs, but I'm like I'm pretty – they've got to be fake tits. Um, yeah, and she like I said, she like she's very like high maintenance feeling in a lot of ways. Then on the other hand, she has like these super – I was about to say supernatural. That is one word. She has these extremely natural elements, right? So she's like, you know, obsessed with gut health and fermented foods. She's very skeptical of like chemicals in food and products, et cetera, and very like, um, you know, anti-waste kind of. I remember this time where she like she found out that – which this is when she was still living in LA. She like found out about some certain chemical that was in a bunch of like processed food and so she like cleaned out her entire uh like kitchen and like got rid of a bunch of stuff in boxes and then she was literally posting on her instagram story like anyone in la can come by and get this like i don't want to waste it blah 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 okay that's not like so (laughs) that's not like an extreme position to take but it's like she is a celebrity it's like i don't know um so in some ways that strikes me another way that she feels really natural to me is like she feels kind of like dirty I mean literally like sedimentary like it feels very kind of from the earth like this is not fully right again because of the kind of like artificial like pop star elements that she that she carries with her but like she reminds me like 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 it's kind of more like calypso energy right where it's kind of like rising up out of the grotto and maybe there's like snakes and like dirt and just like all of this kind of dark magic right like um what's that uh character that what's her name i think it's in pirates of the caribbean two or three tia dalma is like the character yeah, like if you remember that character, like there definitely is elements of that with Azalea Banks, right? So there's because kind of like, I don't want to like butcher it. And like, obvi- this is like a well-worn type. There is like a very obvious word, both in like academic theory and just like culture that is like speaks to this. Why am I? Um, the swamp witch siren. Like we know this, this energy, but... Or I guess the, maybe a way to think about it is like despite all of the the glam and the artifice and the like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just like, like she kind of can't escape this very like elemental darkness and chaos that she has been gifted, right? Um, not that she's really trying to, but like, um, yeah, she's never going to like fully have her act cleaned up um, because like this this life force is like so intense right okay okay so we haven't talked about this for a few episodes but that like rough spectrum I was talking about where like on one end it's like explosive life force like you would expect someone's hurt to manifest as like anger and explosion and fire and then the other side you would expect someone's hurt to manifest as like withdrawing and sadness and like yeah that obviously Azalea Banks is like really ready to explode like at any point like she's like at the very end of the spectrum um for my purposes (laughs) um I don't know there's also an element of this that is tricky to talk about and that I'm not particularly uh interested in but like like I don't know but like Azalea Banks has talked about just kind of like mental illness you know in a lot at a lot of different registers I think like at one point she said she was you know diagnosed as bipolar I'm like less interested in the verdict on that diagnosis I think like 
we're just receiving the behavior. Like I'm just speaking like my personal opinion. I don't need necessarily need to know what that is symptomatic of, you know, like that, like knowing that she's bipolar doesn't like immediately bring me clarity to her behavior. So it's not like, oh, now I can understand this in this other way. And now I have like X amount of more like compassion or interest in her. I'm just like, oh, I'm watching the spectacle of your behavior and I am drawn. And I want to know more in terms of I want to see more of this life force move through you not I want to get to the bottom of what is causing this behavior if that makes sense so I don't know if that's like not the empathetic route to take or something but um I guess yeah that's kind of that's kind of how I think about it obviously I want her to be okay you know but um um okay wait anything else? I mean we didn't really talk about how she looks let's pull up a pic of sweet azalea banks and look at her oh my god she's so fucking cute okay um well she's very very skinny i don't know how tall she is but she is like she looks tall because she's so thin she has these skinny 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 little legs almost like cult like legs um and um and she dropped a lot of weight not a lot of weight she used to be slightly heavier but then as i said she got super into like gut health and she as we'll talk about later she was like really I guess some would say quote-unquote fat phobic (laughs) um not a word that really means much to me but um that's separate so yeah she's really skinny she's got big boobs she has like just a really cute little face um she has a really big forehead and uh I always really like big foreheads because I really like round faces so it's just like it it drops the ratio um if like that much of your you know skull is taken up by forehead then like your lips to your eyes will necessarily be like like that will seem like a shorter distance and then it just like gives like the wide face um so she has a big forehead and then she has like really dazzling eyes like I think uh like you can see the devilishness you know like she has like the evil glint you know (laughs) so um yeah she has a really expressive face like if you look at pictures of her like crying for instance she kind of has that like rubber clown face where her lips can just like everything can really widen and turn downwards in really interesting ways (laughs) and yeah she has like I think she she looks really intense when her like mouth is closed and like it's her face is more slack but when her little smile is like it's like so cute um wow yeah she's so dynamic I'm just scrolling through like the Google image of her. Yeah, she has such range in terms of, I don't know, just the emotions she must experience in a single day is like so, she must be exhausted. <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, what have we, well, so, okay, so some kind of like high level themes. I mean, we've already talked about the chaos agentness, just kind of like unhinged, like making enemies at every turn. Like there's all these like uh, examples of her like getting in fights with um, like flight attendants. Like, I don't know why this specific space sets her off. Actually, I do. I'm like really terrified of flying and I like understand just the heightened like anxiety and emotions. But um, it's just like funny that there's all, when you look up like, you know, Azalea Banks controversy or like who has Azalea Banks gotten in a fight with? There's like all of this data around her being like insane on on planes. And I think she got like kicked off of a plane once. And then she's like, you know, accusing all these different, all these different companies of racism. And like, it gets really messy. But um. But it kind of almost like she's kind of a person that creates so many messes that it almost like they're all null and it's like not even messy versus someone who like, like Gia Tolentino who like kind of like 
uh, is said to have fucked up like a handful of times. And then it's like, I don't know, people who fail fast, like fail fast and often, like I have a lot of admiration for that because I think uh, absolve yourself immediately of the responsibility to be capital G good. And then like you can do whatever. I'm not saying just like be a jerk, but you know, the trap of like paranoia about, you know, how you're perceived and like trying to anticipate and pander to, you know, whatever gaze could be critical of you is like obviously terrible. So Azalea Banks is doing whatever the fuck she wants all the time, you know? And um, anyways, um, another thing is um, I've talked about this before too, both with Julia Fox and with the and with Grimes um is this idea of themselves as a prophet right so um I think it as we've talked about can get a little bit self-indulgent and I think you know basically it's like when the public catches on to the fact that you know you know then they're like be you know which like I mean this is like really common in in a million things right just think about like people like people like hot girls who they perceive to not know they're hot and then when they're like she knows she's hot she it's like ew she knows you know so that's a you know separate but related kind of uh i think psychological reaction anyways um you know certainly azalea banks has an ability to kind of like yeah foretell the future um and she is obviously very interested in that ability like um with you know kind of the the witchiness and the oracleness that we've talked about already um but i think the way that her prophetic nature is most proven is that she reacts to things in culture before the general public is ready to right so it's not necessarily that she's like she's not like oh this is going to happen like the government xyz blah 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 blah. but the things that she if you pay attention the things that she mouths off about that at the time she's mouthing off about them people find as like bigoted or like whatever you know suffix phobic they want to attach to it in a couple years, then people come around, right? And so, you know, she's very brash. She's very arrogant. She is, um, you know, like there's like a bit of cruelty in her, definitely, and like wickedness, right? Like if the medium is the message, like obviously she's kind of failing because she's like people's reaction to her is not, oh, this girl's kind of onto something. It's like, oh, this girl is a bully. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I think if if you aren't so attached to medium is the message type of idea and you can just say like okay what is she saying then you can see that she is actually ahead of the curve so there's a couple instances of this um i think obviously just with like state of pop music right she's very critical of what's coming out what's getting attention and she's like does not hesitate to just be like this is bad like pop music can be xyz things and this is not right so i'm thinking of when she was i mean her criticism of Doja Cat is relevant for a lot of the um, points I'm about to make. So maybe we'll just even like bound it to that. But like very critical, I'm thinking like early pandemic with that album that Doja came out with and just um, not only the music, but her like the way she was embodying pop star icon status. Azalea Banks was just like, it's not this. It is absolutely not this. Um, Again, like the manner in which she did it made her seem very cruel and like a bully. But like it didn't take that long for like Doja Cat to just like fade into the background, right? And it was like, you know, despite all this momentum that was initially built around her and like, so that's one instance. Um, another thing is um, with like body positivity 
and just kind of like fatness. Um, and th- this is a subject that I'm, I am personally really interested in. Um, I hope to just like speak to you more because I think it's really fascinating. Um, I think the evolution of body positivity movement and rhetoric and the reactions to it, just if we even only take like the past four years is really interesting. And there's like, um, I think only now are we, are we like lending credibility to the voices who are like calling out, like, do we really need body positivity when like, you know, X percentage of the American population is obese or whatever, right? Or just, or just, and it gets like infinitely more nuanced than that. That's just like the highest level, like question mark um, to it. But anyways, so Azalea Banks, like I said, um, is, right, she was extremely critical of kind of like the valorization of fat celebrities, um, like obviously for people like Lizzo, but also for Doja Cat again. I remember I remember this whole like Instagram like series that she did. This was probably like, yeah, 2020 or 2021 where she was just like, you're fat, Doja, you're fat, like blah, blah, blah. And so again, it's like, it's just like mean spirited the way that it comes out. But, you know, that comment then which was kind of at the height of just like, yeah, I don't know, diversity and body type in like modeling campaigns and like, you know, just uh, I think beauty standards wise, like I think we were already kind of over like thickness, but I do think that uh, that was kind of still the height of like body positivity in terms of like rhetoric and images and just kind of just like messaging, right? And it also dovetailed really interestingly with like pandemic stay at home order. So I feel like there was this weird kind of, this braiding together of those two kind of mainstream liberal moral imperatives of stay home and like don't be fat phobic. I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but as an example, like how these two culminate to me is this like Uber Eats billboard that was on Lafayette Street, like just north of Houston, this huge billboard that was of like Lil Nas X and Elton John. And it's this like big Uber Eats ad and Elton John's like in like a pink suit and a pink cowboy hat and Lil Nas X is in this like crazy like feathered outfit and they're like eating uber eats right they're like stuffing like pizza and like ramen or something in their mouths um but this was like i don't know in my brain and probably i was really in like haterade 1000 mode at this time but like i just saw these two things as like stay home get fat suddenly that was like the like questioning that like cast you as a bad person in society and i was just like this is psycho like everything about this is so psychotic that it's like oh like the you know ostensibly the stay-at-home energy is about a public health crisis. The public health crisis is that everybody is fucking overweight, inactive, like, no. And then and then just, like, the tech overlord energy of it, it's just like, oh, well, like, frowned upon to go out to a restaurant. Like, can't believe who would do that. So definitely just order from Uber Eats. It's just like, no. So that was just a bad time. And I think that Azalea Banks aptly recognized the really um, distorted like moral logic at play and um yeah I mean I definitely think Azalea Banks is much more <laughs> to compare me to Azalea Banks but no she's much more like conspiracy obsessed right I think she's kind of just like oh like the government and like schema and like my brain just doesn't really think in that way I'm more like how are people behaving with each other like it is sketching me out um but I certainly like 
what she was saying, even if it was shocking because it was just like, again, like cruel, it, it you know, it resonated. And so I think I thought of her, okay, no, I was about to say I thought of her as a voice of reason. I didn't think of her as a voice of reason. She's obviously nuts, but she's like, I was like, oh, but she's seeing like, you know, she's at least putting words to the very, to my mind, obvious, just like psychoness of the energy, you know, so whatever. Um, and I think, okay, wait, sorry, this was all in reference to the the theme of her and her like uh, awareness of her prophetic nature. And so I think that she, in terms of feeling like a prophet or an oracle or whatever, um, or a witch, it's actually in her favor that or it's more aligned with that. That makes her feel more elemental and like clairvoyant in a way, because it's not like perfectly hammered out. It's not like perfectly articulated, right? Like she's not like a politician, right? Like she's, she can't really, uh, properly sell her ideas. Although, you know, in some ways she can, because she gets a lot of eyes on them, but like people, you know, react and like are really affronted by them um but i think anyways this is to say like she would be kind of like less effective as a force of nature if she was um trying to articulate her ideas in a very like clear and sober and like in a way that people would actually like receive right she's not really concerned with whether or not she's able to move the dial for people she's just like putting her perspective into the world and I mean I said this with the Lena Dunham episode too it's like it is actually very rare that people are just putting their perspective into the world because there's so many layers of like guilt and shame and should and should not and blah 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 about like what is the correct way to view the world and so you ask someone what they think and they just tell you what they think that they should think or right like they're just like displaying their knowledge of current socio-political conversation they're not just saying like oh yeah I think that chick's ugly not that I'm saying like everyone has to say that but do you know what I mean like there's a little bit of just like okay shake yourself you know and and when I catch myself doing that I'm like whoa you know this is not the point of the animal kingdom like come on um so anyways that's what I'll say about that um okay Wait, I think I've talked, I have like a list of like controversies she's been engaged with. I think I've already talked about some of them Um, because it's a lot, right? Like I'm not trying to undercut the kind of, uh, yeah, the like cruelty or like uninformed just like spewing that she does. Like, and I also don't agree with her all of the time, but um, I like, like I said, I do find her extremely entertaining. I'm drawn to her. Sometimes I agree with her. She is really a comedian, right? So there's like, I don't know. It's just inter- like I'm thinking of the time when she said that um, gay- <laughs> when she said that gay men are appropriating horse culture with the harnesses and the ketamine, and then everyone was like saying that that was like homophobic. And I don't know if I'm just like missing a screw, but I'm like, is that homophobic? Like that is like a hilarious, incisive like inversion of like you know, signs that we have, like, become accustomed to accepting. And so, like, anyways, so, like, that's that's one example. But, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that she has done or said that people are really upset with, right? So there was, like, um, I feel like initially when Trump, like, back in, whatever, 2015, when he, like, announced his run for presidency, she, like, endorsed him, and then she took it back. But then she was kind of, like, you know, valorizing him once he won. And she was like, oh, he's the best kind of political actor that we have. Um And, you know, people weren't okay with that. Then, um, 
I mean, I remember like she like admitted to bleaching her skin, I believe because of like, or I don't even remember what the reason she gave was, but you know, like obviously people were really upset with that. Um, she has obviously gotten in fights with like everyone. If you Google her, the first like people also ask is like, who offended Azalea Banks? You know, <laughs> and it's just like this list, like here, I let me just, I have a list pulled up. Okay. So like Nicki Minaj, Lil Kim, Iggy Azalea, Hayden Banks. Who the fuck is Hayden Banks? Okay, whatever. Um, Martin Scully, <laughs> Jeffree Star, Mother Teresa, Greta Thunberg. Obviously, she hates Greta. Um, Cardi B, Rita Ora, Lady Gaga, Beyonce, Rihanna, Pharrell, T.I., Lana Del Rey, SZA. Okay, oh my God, and then this is funny. Ireland, country. Australia, country. Brazil, Israel, Sweden. <laughs> Kim Petras, Arca, Charlie XCX, RuPaul, Aer Lingus Corporation, Grimes, Sky Ga- Sky Jackson. So it's like, and that is like probably not all of it. But like she's like, she can't not feud, you know? This is just like part of her. And she like, she has something to say about everything. And um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, it's kind of funny. Um, but anyways, okay, I'm just going to give a brief, like, just, like, a list of, like, things to, like, remember when she did or go look into if you didn't know, but I don't think I have the, like, brain power to, like, explain all of them. Okay, one is, um, remember, I think this was got to be, like, 2019 or 2018, like, when there was that whole thing where it was, like, her and Grimes were, like, locked in Grimes and Elon Musk's house for, like, a 72-hour period, and they were just, like, fighting and running around, and there was, like, all of this shit. I don't even remember what it was about, but I just remember, like, getting the, like, E! News article or something and being like, what the fuck? So, like, let's just, we'll remember that. Um, We'll remember when, so she was, like, briefly engaged to Ryder Rips, who, funnily enough, like, I didn't realize that Ryder Rips would be a recurring Stargirl character. Like, I could have never guessed, but uh, I mentioned him because he went to the same high school as Julia Fox. So, like, he's an orbiter. I had no idea. Um, But anyways, when they did, they, they, like, recorded a sex tape and then sold it as an NFT. That is another instance of her being a little ahead of the curve right that was like oh my god that had to be like early 2021 this is like right all when like crypto and nft land was like starting to take off in like a mainstream kind of concerted way and so you know she was yeah anyways that um this was just coming up a lot because we just like passed january 6th and so i remember when she posted that photo on her instagram stories of everyone climbing over the wall and she was like this is such meth behavior (laughs) just like so funny um Let's see. One of my favorite like eras of her was her Instagram stories in early 2021. This was really when she was into um, uh, gut health. And so she was on this like sea moss kick and she was... She was just like like telling everyone that you have to eat sea moss like five times a day. Like sea moss is the key to like, as she would always say, like make your belly button lay flat on your spine. Like she was just like she would post all these pictures of like other pop stars or even herself from old performance footage and be like, look at this bloat. Like blah 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 blah. Like if like if only I had been on the sea moss. So anyway, so that was really funny. And she was also then kind of relatedly obsessed with. <laughs> quote-unquote perfect stool quality so she was always saying going like okay in 2021 we are getting perfect stool quality and then she would oh my god I remember her literally posting like a chart of just like different like bowel movements like shape and consistency and she with with, like a rating scale of like what was the exact like the exact quality that was like a sign of like a well-functioning gut and she would just be like you know it was really like she saw it as like a public service announcement she's like this is what we're aiming for like no more 
um no more like just like treating your body like shit and looking like shit right so this like feeds into the whole like you know said to be fat phobia um but yeah it was all really funny and like honestly like i like i'm a person that is very interested in what i eat in a day (laughs) as a concept for anybody um so yeah it was like that was news i could use um yeah, that whole era was really hilarious. Like, I remember she was, always, she was always just being like, okay, if Trump would just go vegan, like, and she's like, if Trump would just go vegan and deport Melania, like, everyone would be fine. Like, it's, like, so crazy. But um, anyways, yeah. So there was a lot. Oh, another thing that she, like, predicted um, that was, like, she was writing about at this time was, like, the, the kind of, like, falling out of public favor of Meghan Markle. Like, this was, like, so well before, like, even that, like, Oprah special with Meghan Markle came out, you know, where she's like, were you silent or silenced? Like, that whole vibe way before that. And so I think it was still pretty edgy to be like, oh, we're going to, like, talk poorly of Meghan Markle, our, like, beautiful American black princess. Um, anyways, obviously now we've all been, like, victim to this, like, onslaught of Harry and Meghan, like, mini content universe. Um, and so I think, like, everybody is more comfortable eye-rolling and it's not so, like it's not so narrow as just this like race charge situation. Um, but at the time that Azalea Banks was like, Meghan Markle has got to go. Like, I don't think we were really ready for that now. And now we're all like, okay, I roll, get it together. Like, you know, so, um, anyways, that's that. Okay. This all leads me to, to kind of main, um, main like takeaways that I have around Azalea Banks and her vibes. One is, um, this concept of like uh, the like evil women, right? And so we've talked about that a little bit both with Julia and Grimes um, about just like uh, women who the public perceive to actually have kind of like satanic or bad for the world vibes. Actually, Lena Dunham, people would like classify as like a bad woman too. So that's one thing I want to talk about. Then the next is just kind of um, something I started with the Lena Dunham episode as thinking about someone who like they don't get to be the right ally. So it's kind of like uh, what we're talking about with Lena Dunham. It's like Lena Dunham was never going to be the right ally for fatness or the right ally for endometriosis or whatever, you know? And so um, I think Azalea Banks as a like black female rapper is definitely operating outside of what, you know, mainstream liberal pop culture wants a black female rapper to be representative of. Um, And so Anyway, so those are the two things I want to talk about, and they're kind of related. Okay, so first to talk about, um, like, evil women. (laughs) Um, Kind of already described, like, what reads as evil, I guess. Um, And I think, you know, the phenomenon of evil women really problematizes kind of fourth wave do you feminism, right? Because uh, if the whole, like, big takeaway message of fourth wave feminism, which, you know, has been, like, endlessly analyzed, this is not new information but if the kind of uh the the best of that ideology was like anyone can just do themselves and like no one has to like you know answer to anyone no one has to be the type of woman the type of employee the type of what mother whatever that anyone else wants the type of body that anyone else has to be like you do you and like whatever and um I mean, that crumbles as an ideology in in general because then, like, as soon as it gets, like, bumped up against just, like, self-determinism, then people are like, oh, wait, what? Like, uh, you know what I mean? Um, Like, how do we, like, how do we reconcile this? Um, Or, okay, so that's kind of, yeah, in in general, that kind of fails very quickly. But in particular for, like, quote-unquote evil women, this fails because, like, these are women that 
you know, girl boss feminism like won't claim, right? Like it's like, oh, well, but her doing her is bad. So, you know, where do we, you know, are these people that we just like jettison out of our like uh, fabricated defined class of women or like, you know, how, how do we, um, how do we account for the fact that women are also human and therefore like flawed and evil and like whatever, you know? So anyways, um, yeah, I guess I was just thinking like it really, the the question of like what to do with evil women where to place them um and and their like morality or lack thereof kind of showcases just like yeah the 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 short-sightedness of fourth wave feminism that made the assumption in the kind of like divine innocence of all women um and uh well I guess one side note there there's like a, a million great essays about how like feminism particularly like this era of feminism so like 2010s um like infantilizes women both like aesthetically in its like material directives right and so um actually Michaela my friend who came on for the Sally Rooney episode she wrote a great article about um yeah just kind of the infantilization of women and this kind of like uh, cute feminism as I think what she calls it. it's all all linked to that um there's also this great essay by Megan Dowd who um I mean bringing her up because she's very maligned as a as a writer and thinker is like uh this might not help like bring people who disagree with me around because like, yeah, um, she's kind of has a charged existence as well, but, um, she's kind of, yeah, talking in different ways about this same phenomenon of, um, like, uh, infantilization by quote unquote, like political progress or whatever. Um, I don't get too hung up on the, like, you know, potential conspiracies of, like, feminism as a mechanism for control or something. I'm not like, oh, there's this super, like, like nefarious political schema that is, like, you know, that is, like, selling me this type of liberation that will actually just, like, limit me or something uh, in, like, material and economic ways um, or interpersonal, too. Um, Or, like, I just don't know. That's, like, so abstract. I don't even know how I could, like, possibly, like, measure that Um, and, like, uh netting out the logic while like exciting in a like academic arena is not like actually meaningful to like me having interactions with different people in the city that I live in (laughs) and like um anyways uh but I do but I do think that it can be fucking annoying that being feminism um and I think yeah and I think that Azalea Banks also thought like so many of these things that we were told um were like the the crises of the times that we had to get on board with you know or like this is the revolution for us or whatever like I think she was just like no you know and so um yeah I don't know but it's not just about like whether or not she adheres to a certain set of like pre-approved liberal views and behaviors Uh, yeah but people also just think she's a bully as we've said so that's like that's a slightly separate I don't know. Or like, yeah, I guess if you think she's like a mean girl, then like maybe the buck just stops there. And it's like, oh, she's mean, like, you know, and that's totally valid. But I think if it's like, you know, an uncomfortability with the um, perspectives that she brings and the questioning that she brings, um, then like there's more space to explore (laughs) your reaction, I guess. Um, And so then the other piece of this is, like I said, is this kind of idea of like not being the right ally for something. Um, And then another thing that feels related is like this idea of kind of like, like a traitor to your particular underclass, um, whether that's 
whether you perceive that to be like your race or your economic position or um, like the the station you have culturally, um, whatever it is, I think that in general, if people, whether it's like, a oh, you came from XYZ humble roots and now you've like transcended and have turned your back on, or it, again, it's just like the, oh, you're not being the spokesperson that I thought you would be for our underdog team, like that people really don't like that, right? Um, and so I do think that there is an element with Azalea Banks of both like class traitorness and race traitorness, right? And like, I don't know. I think like she, similarly to Lena Dunham, was not invested in her idea of herself as um, as like in underdog or a have not. And uh, like that was really, that was not something that people were really like comfortable with right like I actually do think that it takes a certain amount of guts to believe that you belong to a ruling class whatever that could be again your race your economic situation your like cultural position your like your body whatever like I think that you know because power is so closely associated with like evil it's like to like own your favorable position in so many different factors is like uh opens you up to just a lot of criticism and so it's not that azalea banks was saying like oh like i reject the idea of blackness that is placed upon me or i reject the fact that i grew up poor and am now like a wealthy like pop star it's not that she was doing that but it's like she wasn't acting with the like humility and like tentativeness that we expect of people who are like coming into fame I guess um so yeah um and I guess I this is kind of just the inverse of what I just said but it's like you are very I believe that you are very socially incentivized to be an underdog in some way shape or form and doing that insulates you from criticism (laughs) not to be like this is how they keep us down but like kind of right um so there's there is a, a little bit of an idea I think even if we could you know debunk it like logically but there's a there's a feeling that you can't be fully evil if you're a member of a non-ruling class in some way and I think this is part of what has created the phenomenon of all of these people like LARPing as less well off than they are right and this like extreme embarrassment of wealth because that's so closely associated with like you you are like inherently an oppressor uh, in some way I don't know I think there's so many like weird shame spirals and are overcompensating for embarrassment of their wealth um, and like looking for ways that they can publicly identify as um, an underdog in order to make themselves more palatable to the public, I guess. And um, as we talked about with Lena Dunham, she's not doing that as we talked to, and then Azalea Banks is also not, like she's not bidding for connection based on, or likability based on how down and out she is in XYZ ways, right? And so um, I think that people, uh, people didn't really like that, right? So this all, so yeah, like I said, like she kind of in a lot of ways, she's not the right black pop star ally for what we wanted her to be. I mean, there's like, if you look, like who are the, like the most famous black pop stars of the like of recent history? Like obviously Nicki Minaj, Cardi B, maybe like Megan Thee Stallion, like um, SZA, but like that, that's like a separate genre. So it's a little different, but like um, there are ways in which like, especially Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion really publicly like uplift 
the group that they are like have become a spokesperson of right and it's really like there's a lot of like camaraderie and sisterhood and like we're in this together like your problems are my problems like we're all from you know and that that is really lovely in a celebrity as well azalea banks is like not making friends with her you know assumed constituents in that same way so yeah there's there's this quote that she gave an interview to the new york times like years ago and she says like i'm not trying to be like the bisexual lesbian rapper like i don't live on other people's terms so this, this, this is like separate this is not about race but like i think she had like you know said she was sleeping with women at some point and then people were like oh but you're not kind of you're not now like classifying yourself as the bisexual lesbian rapper or whatever and she's like yeah because like that's not what i'm trying to do so i think that that you know, that can be written off as like flimsy and just like, and like, obviously people are smarter than that. And obviously you can understand like, you know, having friction with the marketing of that. But um, I do think that that contributed to this feeling of like, oh, she's not actually really like for us by us or something like that. Um, yeah. Wait, one thing that I, just because I like had brought up that other Mega Doubt essay, which I will um, link. But one thing is that um, I had... Uh, I went to uh, Megan Dowd came out with this book called The Problem with Everything about uh, I, mean, I, think, I think in like 2019 also um, and that book is not so good the like tone of it is really just kind of like flabbergasted and it's like it's hard to really like latch to what she's saying but um, and the book in general is kind of being like the state of feminism in you know the late 2010s and just like what the hell is up with it it's all really weird like something that she was saying a lot was like articles of faith have become vehicles of style right like we're not really talking about anything real or actually that's like related to the on the ground experience of being alive we're just like you know posturing and like floating around these different aesthetic signifiers of our like perfect um like socio-political spot or like uh stance or whatever we're just showing that we've read the right stuff basically not that we like live good um so anyway so I think the ideas are interesting. I don't think the book was successful, but whatever. Anyways, I went to her talk and um, one thing that she said that I thought was interesting is like, what do we have to gain from identifying as a persecuted group? And, um, you know, some stuff that had like come up in the discussion between her and the moderator were like, okay, well, like loneliness is real. A sense of like wanting to belong is real. We want a group identity. And like, uh, it kind of makes sense that we're like looking for like a group identity and camaraderie around the things that we feel a sense of like shame about and those or a sense of like things that like we feel hold us back whether that's psychological or like materially proven um and so there was not a consensus reached but I think that that's an interesting question one that I've thought about and one that I like want to pose to you all is um again what do we gain from identifying as a persecuted group what is this attachment to the idea of ourselves as in some way persecuted like what what does that serve um not saying that it's bad it is certainly natural but I'm like yeah it's it's a question that I'm curious about um okay I think that's like mostly it also I have to go because I'm like starting a meeting (laughs) to tie it all off uh one thing that I like about Azalea and like about the and like uh, this goes back to the cloud the fully cloud is that azalea banks is actually an ideas girl right like she is fully life of the mind she is concerned she is highly concerned with the erosion of public consciousness and critical thinking she is concerned with the loss of beauty right like she is actually really an aesthete and she knows that beauty matters she knows that health is wealth like she is actually kind of correct and uh consumed by the divine in a really like beautiful and alluring way and um you know i think uh 
it is not to say that she is like successful in getting her views accepted or the or getting her like the manner in which she's doing whatever she's doing um accepted but like yeah i guess like like can she convince us that she is an aesthete and not just a bully like and i mean i think this this goes for like so many people who like express a concern with loss of these things that we talked about and so quick to say i want the world to be beautiful and people say like that's that's giving fascism um so i think that's really short-sighted okay this, and i'm gonna have to like cut off and like barely even like have <laughs> said anything of um of, of substance to that really really fraught point but maybe we can pick it up next time um and i think uh it's it's a worthy it's a worthy pursuit um even if she's not effective right like she's not the voice that won ultimately so there's nothing we don't we don't need to like classify her as this like tyrant right it's like she was giving a perspective she was largely unsuccessful and uh as time marches on like she reveals that she was kind of like just years ahead right so anyways um yeah we'll leave it at that uh, maybe i'll end with this quote that i found she was like briefly like how did this like other it wasn't even like her moniker but her like or an alter ego or whatever she was like referring to herself as like young rapunzel with an x not a z and so she has this quote i gotta find out where she actually said this but this is what she said of herself young rapunzel is that girl who pisses people off but doesn't really mean to she's actually a sweetheart but people are so taken aback that she's so herself she's not even trying to be unique or different she literally just lives in her head she does what she wants to do so the lipstick is here for someone who is happy to be themselves so that's giving the sparkly cloud angel and um yeah <laughs> we'll leave it at that okay again um hope you guys have a lovely long weekend i'm gonna try to get this out by tomorrow so that it is the 13th episode on um friday the 13th which and and talking about someone who is so mystical and superstitious is um it just it just feels right um okay all right well love you guys and we'll talk soon have a beautiful day bye <laughs>